Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. Fans, it was a busy day on Saturday. It was a mixed results. Of course, you did not get the win at the top, the one you always want with Los Angeles as they dropped their second game in the series to the St. Louis Cardinals at the AAA level. Oklahoma City lost as well. Tulsa, they, they won their game and then Great Lakes lost and Rancho Cucamonga finished the night off with an exciting 5-3 win. Matter of fact, probably the best action. Well, there was some good action in the Oklahoma City game, although they lost as well, but probably the most exciting action was some of the play that we're going to get into from Rancho. Rain Don Cone hit a home run. Theron Lorenzo had a really good night. We're going to get to see him throw a runner out. And Chris Newell had two home runs, both to the opposite field. So that was an exciting game. Then Madison Jeffrey was really good. Peyton Martin started on the mound. Lucas Wett pitched and Christian Romero. So it was a good night last night for Rancho Cucamonga. We're going to talk all about them. But hey, before we dive into today's show, just a reminder, we do now have the ability to donate to Dodgers Daily. We have a GoFundMe account. Scroll down the description. We have the link to that GoFundMe account, the Dodgers Daily GoFundMe account in the description. Just click that and it'll take you right to the GoFundMe Dodgers Daily account. Also, if you'd like, we have a new Patreon account. Go to Patreon, search Dodgers Daily, become a Patreon member. We have different tiers if you'd like to help Dodgers Daily. Also, if you like this video and if you like this kind of content, go ahead and click that like button, leave a comment, tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily, share this video, and then become a subscriber. And after you subscribe, click that notification bell. Make sure and turn on your notifications. That way, every time Dodgers Daily releases a new video, you'll be notified and you'll never miss a thing. Okay, it was a crazy game. Last night, J.D. Martinez tied the game up. Gordon... Uh, Gorman gave the Cardinals the lead for good last night. The Dodgers, they scratched and they clawed back. Couldn't make it all the way back, and he had the very controversial strike three call on Mookie Betts. So a lot to get into. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it, and let's talk Dodgers baseball. So the Dodgers tried to steal one last night on the road to go up 2-1 to in the series against St. Louis. Instead, they got one stolen from then, point blank. I don't think there's any way you can put, put it any other way other than the fact that the last pitch of the game was not a strike to Mookie Betts. But let me ask you this question, you know, in baseball you have strike zones that that all you ask of the home plate umpire is for them to be consistent, even if it's not necessarily good that night, if you at least know what they're going to call you can live with it. I'm not saying that's good, but at least you can you can adjust and make your you know adjustments based on what you know, what pitches you know will be called and what won't. Okay, so the strike zone we saw one earlier on Will Smith had been wide all night long. That was not a strike to Mookie Betts. We all know that. But my question for you, knowing that that the strike zone had been wide all night long, and knowing that the game was on the line. Should Mookie Betts have went, and went ahead and protected himself anyways? Should he went ahead and, and swung at that pitch and tried to foul it off and tried to, you know, see, you know, live to see another day, if you will, instead of leaving the game in an umpire's hands who had already called uh, a couple of pitches at least outside and shown that he at least will call pitches off the plate outside a strike? Should he have left that game in the hands? Should he have gone ahead and protected himself or – or do you not blame Mookie Betts at all for, for not swinging at that because it was egregiously not a strike? Okay, so that's the first question of the day. Do you think Mookie Betts should have at least, although it was not a strike, do you think he should have protected himself 
on that swing. So that was disappointing, a very disappointing way to end that game. And then the Oklahoma City Dodgers, triple Oklahoma City Dodgers, they had a run that they scored in the 11th inning. Ryan Ward got a round of tag. I don't. I still don't think the catcher tag, if you want to check for yourself, I have it on my social media platforms. I don't think he got tagged. He got called out, and then that was the deciding run of that game as well. So it was a little bit frustrating at the top two levels. So go ahead and answer that question, Mookie Betts. I wanted to ask that right off the bat. Okay, the Dodgers now, they're 29-18, and 18, still in first place. I think, again, as Dodgers fans, you have to be very happy with where they're at considering all the moving parts, you know, Julio Urias is down now, and Noah Syndergaard's taking time out, Dustin May. You know, we, we have his situation as well. So <clears throat> where the Dodgers are at right now, I think you have to be happy with the 29-18, and 18, two and a half games in first place in the National League West ahead of Arizona. And how would you like to be the Padres right now? They're eight back of the Dodgers, of course, San Francisco's in second place, seven back. But how would you like to be the Padres with all these long, big-time contracts that you sign? You know when the Bills are going when the Bills come due, it's going to be ugly for them to begin with. You know, whenever you have to start paying all these long-term big contracts, well, not start paying, but whenever they actually start becoming and you know in a net negative for the organization. Okay, and so what you do whenever you sign those kind of contracts, you hope that it gives you you know, a big window of, of world championships at the beginning. You're kind of, you know, making a deal with the devil there. Well, how would you like to not even get the front end of that and be eight games back and then knowing that the back end of it is going to be worse than the front end? That would be, you know, the Dodgers on the exact opposite end of that. They don't have, you know, other than Mookie Betts, you know, they really don't have any of those contracts that you really feel like there's a chance that, you know, as a player gets a little bit older, maybe there's four or five years on the back of that to where you're overpaying for that contract. And I don't, I'm not saying the Mookie Betts contract will be that way, but his is really the only one that I could think of that is so long, uh, that is so long that the Dodgers, you know, that might end up being in that situation. Okay. And like I said, I don't think that's going to happen. So the Dodgers are in the opposite situation in the sense that they have, you know, all this flexibility from year to year because they sign guys like J.D. Martinez to one. Of course, whenever a situation like Freddie Freeman falls in your lap, you have to take it. But, you know, they sign guys like J.D. Martinez to one-year deals. Miguel Rojas, obviously, Noah Syndergaard. You know, last year you had you had Andrew Heaney, you know, and Tyler Anderson and guys like that. So the Dodgers love that flexibility from year to year. They don't like to pinhole themselves into those long-term contracts, which is why I always say the trade market makes more sense for the Dodgers because you can go out and get those big names, the guys that can get you over the top, the Max Scherzers, the Trey Turners, and you can get them in a situation to where you don't have them on 10-year contracts to where they might be underperforming the, their, your pet, their pay for the last four to five years, which if you have five or six of those guys on your roster, doesn't matter how much money you have. You know, that's going to make it very difficult to compete. So the Dodgers have done a good job creating flexibility and then also staying in first place two and a half games. So got to give the front office a ton of credit for building that type of roster to where you can have all that flexibility. You can continue to go out and fill your needs, still have a two and a half game lead. Then I think you have to give Dave Roberts a ton of credit for you know, taking all these moving parts, including the rookies, including the injuries, including the new guys, and getting the Dodgers in first place by two and a half games. So, again, I think as Dodgers fans, you have to be very happy about that. 
Seems unbelievable, but the season is over a quarter of the way done. Seems like just yesterday we got started. It seems like we're still just getting started. I think that is because as a Dodgers fan, it just doesn't feel like we've settled into a daily routine because there's been so many changes. There's been so many injuries. There's been, you know, so many guys come up, come down, or, you know, so many different lineups. It just seems like the Dodgers still, even though they're two and a half games in first place, it doesn't seem like they're settled in on the season. It doesn't seem like the season has hit that groove yet. And yet here we are, more than a quarter of the season is over. So that kind of struck me last night when I heard that. I was like, wow. That, that's kind of unbelievable. seems like it's flying by, and it seems like, like I said, the Dodgers still have not totally settled into, you know, maybe their, all of their rotations and, and all their lineup. You know, of course, that's because, again, of all of the injuries. Okay, last night, I got to say with the game, you know, hey, just give the, the Cardinals credit. You know, hey, they are playing a lot better. When I've talked the last couple of my podcasts going into – you know, the, the Cardinals and sweeping then obviously, uh, you know, th- those were very ignorant statements on my part because the Cardinals, man, they are playing really, really, really good last night. And I must say, I don't follow the Cardinals and other teams like I follow the Dodgers. I have, you know, all, all the minor league affiliates for the Dodgers. And then I also have the big Dodgers to cover. So a lot of times where my weaknesses are is really, you know, covering all the other teams in the major league. So I must say, hey, I was very ignorant when I made those statements about, you know, hey, let's go into St. Louis and let's sweep them, that kind of thing. That obviously was very unrealistic because, like I said, the Cardinals are playing very well last night. So my takeaways from last night's game, as far as, you know, the win and loss of it, the Dodgers losing, hey, just tip your hat to the Cardinals, man. They're playing good. You know, the Dodgers, in my opinion, they scratched and they clawed. They hit the home run, J.D. Martinez did, to tie the game. Then in the in the ninth inning, you know, they have runners on first and second, nobody out, just down one run, and, you know, couldn't get that last run in or the last two runs in to take the lead. And sometimes that happens, you know. Offensive baseball is tough, and making comebacks at the major league level is very difficult if you look at, at teams' records. When they just score first, you know, just scoring first, it's amazing how much better teams are in the major leagues than when the other team scores first. Now, multiply that as far as taking leads into the eighth and ninth innings, you know, so coming back, making comebacks at the major league level is very difficult. It's not something you want to try to make a living at. The Dodgers came back once. They almost came back twice, and it looked like almost a certainty there when James Outman came up in the pinch hit situation with no outs that they were going to do it again. Came up one run short. One of those games, yes, it's frustrating. Yes, you're very competitive. Yes, you want to win every game. But at the same time, you know, hey, as a Dodgers fan, you got to be proud of the effort, man. Lots of grit. You know, just lots of just wouldn't give upness, you know, that kind of thing last night. And and very proud to watch the game, the way that the guys just kind of kept fighting and they kept coming back and you kept believing, hey, they're finally going to get over the hump here. They're going to win this game. So although you're disappointed you didn't win, I think you have to be very pleased with the grit that this Dodgers team showed last night and then frustrated by the way it ended again with the Mookie Betts deal where that pitch clearly was not a strike you know, and and it was disappointing for a, game. a major league baseball game should not end on that. I've watched the minor leagues all year, and what AAA has on the weekends is the system that I think is perfect. 
Each team gets at yeah, the minor leagues over the weekends. Okay, the home plate umpire is calling the balls and strikes, but both teams get a challenge, get three challenges. Okay, and the thing about the challenges is they can't come from the bench. They have to come from a player on the field. You know, if it's a ball strike call, as far as the 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 defense, then it has to come from either the catcher or the pitcher, and it has to come right away. If it's a ball or strike, as far as the hitter not thinking, you know, if he got a strike called on him that he thinks is the ball, it has to come from him. So it has to come from the field, and it has to come very quickly. There can be no delay to it. Okay, so you know, you you what happens is somebody either a catcher, pitcher, or a hitter they challenge a pitch. Like I said, it can't come from the manager. And then they go to, you know, their 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 balls and strike system, their automatic automated balls and strike system in the stadium. They actually put it up on the board. Everybody gets to see it. And then you get to see whether the, um, the home plate umpire was right or wrong. And last night, Oklahoma City, they actually could have challenged that last play at home plate, but they were out of challenges because they had already used all three of them, so they couldn't challenge anymore. Okay, if you get – Three, if you have three, you have three challenges and challenges, and if you challenge a play and you're right, you get that challenge back. If you're wrong, then you lose it. So Oklahoma City, they lost all their challenges. They could not challenge that last play with Wardo at home plate, and because of that, the out call stayed. So I love that system. I think that's the system. Eventually, the Major League Baseball will adopt, and I think fans will love it. It went really, really fast. You know, after the you know the challenge has to come immediately and then you go immediately to the abs system the home plate umpire really doesn't have to go anywhere you just put it up on the board and everybody can see it and then it's either reversed or it's upheld and it goes really really fast and it works so last night what would have happened if you had the triple a system mookie betts would have obviously challenged that call if the dodgers would have had any challenges left he would have been right and he would have continued to get to hit, which is only fair. So I think they need to go to that that you know that challenge system. Not I, I don't believe that home plate. I don't think you should automate the strike zone behind home plate. I, I've said it's just kind of too wonky at times. I think that you need you need humans behind the plate calling balls and strikes to keep it flowing. And then I think you need the challenge system. And I think Major League Baseball needs to go to it this year. I think they need to do it maybe after the All-Star break, you know, sooner rather than later because I think it is a tremendous system. I've seen it in action many different times, and it absolutely works. Okay, the Dodgers more two-run, two outruns last night, 106, and that leads the league. So offensively, still doing a very good job. J.D. Martinez home run came with two outs yesterday. Okay, so when you're behind, you know, especially by multiple runs like the Dodgers got twice, Got down twice yesterday. The goal for the offensive team, hey, let's just get the tying run to home plate. We saw that with J.D. Martinez because, you you know, your goal is to get the tying run to home plate because that is the first time that you actually have a chance with one swing to tie the game. The Dodgers did that both times they got behind last night. So, again, although the Dodgers didn't win, very gritty performance. As far as making a comeback, you hit all the benchmarks that allow you to actually do it, but, again, came up just short. And, again, Gorman, you know, he hits the home run. Give him credit, man. This dude has been hot. The whole Cardinals team has been hot. Gorman's on an 11-game hit streak, okay, and and he hit a, he hit well again last night. So there are times in the game – 
to where you just got to look at your opponent, especially a sold-out Bush Stadium. I've been there, you know, and that is, I'm just telling you, man, Bush Stadium in St. Louis, there is no better environment for baseball in the world than Bush Stadium in St. Louis. It is awesome. The organ they play that gets the fans all excited, you know, the, the, the in-between pitches chants, and the way that they the, – the knowledge of their fan base of not only just the game but their players and the knowledge of the other team's players and the respect they show for the game, for the other teams, for their players. St. Louis, man, I'm telling you, it is a first-class environment. It is a first-class home field advantage especially on a Saturday night. So it was just a, you know, from a baseball perspective, just the game of baseball, it was a wonderful spectacle. You had two ridiculously, you know, famous teams, two of the most marketable teams in the major leagues, two of the franchises that have the most prestigious histories. It was Saturday night, downtown St. Louis, one of the most wonderful venues in baseball a sold-out crowd, and it was just a tremendous baseball game. So from a baseball perspective, if you remove your Dodgers hat, it was awesome to watch, in my opinion. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, other than the fact, like I said, the Dodgers did not win, but I did enjoy a lot of the aspects of what the Dodgers did do last night, although they did not win. Okay, so the pitching. Julio Urias, he is out. You know, Dustin May is out. Noah Syndergaard cut his finger. So we'll see there. The Dodgers picked up Ken Giles on a minor league contract. Okay. And the thing about him is that he's had success at the major league level. You know, hasn't thrown a whole lot since about 2019. What he did, very smart. Okay. He went to the driveline facility in Seattle and he started working out for different teams there. The Dodgers are huge on driveline. Matter of fact, Rob Hill, the minor league pitching instructor, he was hired away from driveline. So the Dodgers love that. That it's you know it started out a pitching system, moving into offense. Driveline is big time. They they use all the data, they use all the analytics, and and hey, the proof is in the pudding. They'll take a guy, they'll add five, four, five, six mile an hour velo. They'll get him in the strike zone. You know they'll they'll show them all the the horizontal movement, the vertical movement. They'll get the movement on their pitches. So driveline is legit. You know it, it is a, it is just awesome. Okay, so so Giles went to the driveline facility in Seattle. All right, and then, you know, he got seen by all these different teams. So the Dodgers liked what they saw enough to know, to pull the trigger right now to, hey, maybe he's an option. You know, we talk about, are you going to bring up Gavin Stone, Michael Groves on the taxi squad, Wander Suero was on the taxi squad, just got put on the 26-man. Tyler Sear just got brought back up. Hey, if you go to my social medias, just watch Tyler Sear and some of his last performances. He's been pretty nasty. That did not surprise me that he got pulled up because it's not necessarily, you know, the results. If you're a, a Dodgers front office guy and you've watched Tyler Sears' last couple of performances and you've seen the life on all of his pitches, you know, hey, that's impressive. So Tyler Sears has been impressive as of late. That move, moving him up, didn't surprise me. The thing about the taxi squad is you can only be on that taxi squad for three days. After being on the taxi squad for three days, the club either has to put you on the 26th man or send you back down to the minor leagues. So I'm going to be curious to see what the club does with Michael Grove. They they put Wander Suero on the 26th man, so Suero and Sear are there. So now I think you have a couple more decisions. Do you go Gavin Stone or do you bring you know Ken Giles immediately into the major league fold? It'll be interesting to see what the Dodgers 
do there. Okay, and also the Dodgers need, uh, you know, some more help as far as hitting left-handers. Johnny DeLuca has been playing very well at the AAA level. He just got promoted to AAA. Andy Pies, unfortunately, in his first outing in AAA, went down. He's on the IL right now, so he's not an option. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where the Dodgers go there as far as left-handed, hitting left-handed pitching. Okay, so the scoring last night, Mookie Betts had a single. Freddie Freeman had a single. J.D. Martinez hit the home run. Then also, then then obviously in the ninth inning, you had the rally that came up just short. So I thought last night, again, was a very good game. Okay, stolen bases. You know, the Cardinals did have a stolen base to where the Dodgers didn't really pay attention to the runner. But it was a situation to where, you know, in baseball sometimes the, the runner – as a hitter, you're trained. If you see the runner get such a huge jump that you know there's no way that the catcher can throw him out, then then you're trained to not swing at that pitch to make sure that you get the second base stolen. Okay, and that's exactly what the Cardinals did last night. But the problem with that was it put the hitter in a one-two hole. So I thought even though the Cardinals stole that base, I thought the one-two count that that put the hitter in actually gave the Dodgers the favor and the Cardinals did not steal from that perspective. And the reason why – you know, they got such a big jump last night was the fact that they were using a cadence system. And a cadence system is, you know, we had always trained at Guthrie High School that the initials are GHS. So you would have the kids, you know, as after the pitcher came set, you would have them count the cadence GHS, GHS as the pitcher was set. And whatever letter they would, they would land on, if that pitcher landed on that same letter more than three times in a row we felt like we had the cadence down of the pitcher and then they would just jump on that cadence so a pitcher comes set g h s g if he's on the second g if he does that three times in a row on the second g it was automatic that 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 runner would steal second base on that second g and if they get picked off give the pitcher credit for changing their cadence but a lot of times you'll find that pitchers fall into habits even at the major league level and they don't even realize their cadence has been similar so i think you know that's that's how the base got stolen last night for the cardinals but again i think you know in the long run that actually favored the dodgers because it made the count one two okay Cindergard, he went five innings last night gave up three runs four hits four k's one walk in the description or, or in comments, leave me a comment. What do you think about Noah Syndergaard? Fifth starter, do you think the Dodgers – would you like to see the Dodgers give somebody else maybe a chance, you know, to bring them up? Emmett Sheehan has been just absolutely unbelievable. You know, you got William Cuevas at, at the AAA level. There's there's different guys out there. You know, Nick Frasso, Kyle Hurd's been absolutely unbelievable. You know, uh, Nick Nestrini has been just simply ridiculous. As a matter of fact, the entire double-A pitching staff, it's the best pitching staff in the minor leagues, and it's not even close. So, hey, what are your thoughts on Noah Syndergaard? Again, last night, five innings, three runs, four hits, four Ks, one walk. His advanced metrics were pretty close to what he always is. So I think last night it's pretty much, you know, hey, I think there's going to be, you know, some some performances to where it's, it's better than some that maybe are worse. But, hey, the five innings, three runs, are you good with that in the five spot? Leave me a comment about Noah Syndergaard, especially seeing – all of the arm talent that this organization has, and especially you know, Bobby Miller is back. He's throwing really well as well. Ryan Pepio, it looks like, not going to be back for a while. Michael Grove is available. So what are your thoughts on that? Okay, Julio Urias is on the 15-day. Like we said, Grove on the taxi squad. 
All right, Dodgers pick up Ken Giles just to recover that aspect of it. Okay, Ken Giles, he was released last year. Let's get into some of his numbers. 2.71 career ERA in the major leagues. Like I said, hasn't thrown a lot uh, since 2019. What are your thoughts on him? Leave a comment about Ken Giles. Okay, and then the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'd like for – for to hear some comments on, on what Dodgers fans think about this. Trace Thompson, let's get the elephant out of the room. O for his last 37. How long can you go with him? Okay, how long until – hey, this is – you know, hey, it's results-based, okay? We talk about the process all the time. You know, hey, just trust the process and things will work themselves out. But the major leagues is a results-based deal man i mean you gotta produce the players know that you know that that's not i'm not reinventing a wheel by making that statement okay over 37 we all love trace he had the you know the good points of last year as far as you know he had some moments that were very good he got off to the really good start we know that he's very good defensively he's an elite human being the dodgers love the clubhouse culture he brings over his last 37 though okay so how long do you stick with trace thompson Leave a comment. Tell me what you think about that situation. And what would you do, you know, if you do DFA Trace Thompson, what do you do? Do you bring up, I mentioned it earlier, Johnny DeLuca, who's hitting 285 OPS. All right, 957. And the thing about him, he has 11 stolen bases and 10 home runs. So he brings you that that speed plus power combination. A lot of excitement. He's a local boy. He's from the L.A. area. So, hey, what do you do about the Trace Thompson scenario okay so again the Dodgers they play the St. Louis Cardinals today to wrap up that series and then next up it's Atlanta and Tampa Bay on the road for this 10 game road trip so boy a tough stretch the Dodgers really need to win today excited about that game so that concludes our LA Dodger talk time now to move to the minor leagues so let's not waste any more time let's get right to it let's take a trip down on the farm Well, it was an exciting finish in downtown Oklahoma City last night. Watch this play. Ryan Ward comes home. The catcher misses the tag. He hits home plate. The catcher doesn't hit him, doesn't tag him until after he touched home plate, and yet he gets called out. And I say that, you know, hey, we don't have a great, the greatest of angles there. We don't have a close-up of it. But I'll tell you what, you know, it's, it's kind of like whenever a first baseman pulls his foot, you can always tell when they go back to try to tag the runner. When the catcher went back to tag Wardo, that tells me the catcher knows that he didn't tag Ryan, and because of that, he went back to re-tag him. And I think it's pretty clear on the re-tag that, that Wardo touched home plate before he got tagged by the catcher. Okay, so, you know, last night excited. This was the bottom of the 11th inning right here. You're going to see it again. Does he touch home plate? Yes, obviously he touches home plate before the catcher tags him. I think that's very, very, very clear. So that was bottom of the 11th. That was a four to three game that made you know instead of it being tied four to four with a runner at first base and just one out now you're down four to three two outs a runner on first base and eventually the Oklahoma City Dodgers lost last night they scored two in the first and they only scored one more and that was in the 10th whenever you know they start the runner at second base that runner came around to score so hey it wasn't a great night offensively in front of a big crowd at Bricktown Ballpark downtown Oklahoma City almost 8,000 people there last night 7,851 after a Friday night where there were over 8,000 people in downtown Oklahoma City so good crowd so far for the weekend series against the Space Cowboys but 
Hey, the Oklahoma City Dodgers, they dropped last night, but boy, they have had a great year, 32 and 12 on the year so far. Well, here is that same young man, Ryan Ward-Wardo. He had a heck of a night last night for AAA Oklahoma City. He had two hits and a sweet play in left field that you're getting ready to see here in just a minute. You know, Wardo has played mostly first base this year. Here it comes. Watch this. Watch him lay out. Sweet catch, Wardo. That a boy. But he's played mostly first base this year, although left field has been his home in the Dodgers organization. Until this year, they've tried to create versatility with him. You know, the more versatile a player is, the easier it is to ma- to get him on a major league roster just for the simple fact that, you know, you're not just pigeonholed into one position. And then Wardo right there. Love that base hit right back up the box and into center field. Two hits last night for Wardo. A sweet catch. So, boy, the young man out of Millbury, Massachusetts. Here's a field level view of six foot eight Brian Hudson, and I like to take video of him as much as I can just so you can get a perspective. You know, he's only 91, 92, but it's a lot faster than that as far as the way it looks to a hitter because he gets down the mound so much when he's releasing it. You know, he's at what, 55, 56 feet? You know, so that extension makes it look a lot faster to hitters. And you can see right here, they're late. That's two swings in a row. We're on a 91, 92 mile hour fastball. The hitter is late. So Brian Hudson, you know, very intriguing with the long size, the great extension, and so far his numbers at at the AAA level with Oklahoma City this year have been fantastic. His ERA is down to 180, and coming into last night's performance, you know, they don't update the numbers, uh, you know, in real time on the on the minor league stat. You got to wait till the, the game's over to get the updated stats for the performance for that night. So that's a little bit frustrating. They actually do update the numbers in real time on the major league site just not on the minor league site so coming into last night its whip is just 115 his average against was just 167 and he allowed just one run in his last 10 out of 11 outings so hey brian hudson man he's done really well for triple a oklahoma city so here's nick robertson and i tell you what man this young man at some point this year has deserved a promotion knock on wood hope i didn't jinx him but the Pro Duke, the young man out of James Madison, has been absolutely fantastic. He went scoreless. Well, he didn't go scoreless last night. Actually, he gave up an, earned, an unearned run, I should say. He struck out two, and he has not allowed a run in his last, an earned run, I should say, in his last 11 outings, and he has 29 strikeouts and 20.2 innings. So, hey, the young man out of, you know, he went to James Madison. Nick Robertson, keep up the great work. The AA Tulsa Drillers scored three in the third, one in the fourth, and they made that hold up behind good pitching. This is Nick Nestrini you're seeing on the screen here. Nestrini went four and two-thirds innings, gave up just three hits at one run and had five strikeouts on the inning. John Rooney, Braden Fisher, Trevor Betancourt, Jake Pilarski, and Jordan Leisure. Pilarski and Leisure actually teamed up to finish the ninth inning to get a save last night. So, hey, the Tulsa Drillers, they won four to three last night. Offensively, Yorbit Vivas, we're going to talk about him here in a minute. And Maimano Vargas, uh, Usniel Diaz, Eddie's Leonard, Eddie's Leonard, and Diego Cartaya, they each had one hit apiece for the offense that scored four runs, and it was good enough to beat the Corpus Christi Hooks 4-3. to three. Tulsa now, they go to 24-14 and 14 on the season. Who you're seeing on the screen right here is Nick Nestrini, and not only was he good, hey, the good thing about what, he, what happened to him last night was he got stretched out to 83 pitches, and it was it was kind of probably frustrating for him. He got pulled with uh, four and two-thirds innings, which means he was just one out away 
from getting the win. Look at that big breaking ball. But, hey, pitch counts, you know, 83 pitches, that's a lot for this time of the year. And the Dodgers are very, very, very careful with their arms. And so definitely a pitch count situation last night for Nick Nestrini, who pitched very, very well with that breaking ball especially. Nestrini has an average against this month of just 152, a whip of just 085, and an ERA of just 208. So Nick Nestrini, the young man out of UCLA, pitching very well for Double A Tulsa. Braden Fisher is from League City, Texas. He was in Corpus Christi, Texas last night, which is about three and a half hours south and west of League City. So don't you know he had a big posse that came down and watched him last night, at least for the weekend. And he put on a show last night. He was very, very good. He went one inning, scored us. He struck out. Uh, two out of the three batters that he faced and Fisher's ERA. Well, coming into last night, again, they don't update the numbers in real time on the minor league sites. But coming into last night, his ERA was 165. His whip was 80, a 0.80. And that's all going to go down for Braden Fisher. So the young man out of League City, Texas, just keeps on keeping on dominating double A. Jake Pilarski and Jordan Leisure teamed up to throw a lot of gas. Matter of fact, Pilarski actually hit a guy in the helmet with a 99 mile an hour fastball, then dropped in a slider the next pitch. He was fine. The hitter was fine last night. It was a scary moment, but he popped right back up. It kind of was a glancing blow, and he went right to first base, so everybody was fine after that hit by pitch. And then him and Pilarski and Leisure teamed up after that to go ahead and get the save last night, a teamed up save. For the AA Tulsa Drillers, Polarski was hitting 99. Leisure was hitting 98. So that was a lot of gas and a lot of fun to watch for the AA Tulsa Drillers. The High A Great Lakes Loons, they got blanked yesterday. Six to nothing. It was not a good night offensively for them. Although Austin Gothier, who you're seeing on the screen right here, went two for four and has his average up to 371. So he has been absolutely fantastic this year. Austin Gothier has. Dalton Rushing also had a hit. And Damon Keith had two hits as well. Griffin Lockwood Powell had a hit. So, hey, it wasn't a total blank on the day for the Great Lakes Loons as far as individual hitters because Damon Keith, again, had a multi-hit day. So did Austin Gothier, but it was a blank on the scoreboard. The Loons now move to 24-14. and Jermaine Rosario started yesterday. It was a rough start for him. You know, Rosario is one of those guys that, hey, one outing, he's liable to go five innings and not give up anything. Then the next outing's liable to go a little side sideways on him yesterday. Yesterday was a sideways performance. He went one and two-thirds inning, gave up five runs. Jack Dreyer, Franklin De La Paz, Reynaldo De Paula, and Juan Mario, they came in and pitched very well, and between the four, only gave up one earned run on the day. That was given up by Ronaldo De Paula. So, hey, it was a you know one of those games to where Saturday afternoon you had some good individual performances, but a little bit flat for the Great Lakes Loons, and they dropped their game six to nothing to move to 24 and 14 on the season. Dalton Rushing hit his eighth double the season yesterday for the Loons. Rushing leads the Midwest League in home runs at seven. It's tied for second in RBIs at 23, is second in walks with 35, and is third in OPS at 976. So, hey, Dalton Rushing, if you wanted an update on him, he's doing just fine. Haven't covered left-hander Franklin De La Paz a whole lot on Dodgers Daily this year, so I wanted to show you a video of him. He went two scoreless yesterday for Great Lakes. He had three Ks, kind of that sidewinding type left-handed deal. Lots of energy. Lots of fun to watch. You know, he, he, he crossfires, so if you 
watch that land foot. Okay, it lands way over towards first base, and then he cross-fires across his body to get the ball inside. Sometimes that makes it very difficult. It gets a lot of horizontal break that does, you know, kind of gets that frisbee look to it. Then it also just kind of seems like, especially if you're a lefty, it's going to seem like to them the ball is being released from behind their back, and it's hard to stay on, and it's hard to pick up. So, you know, that crossfire is is very effective as far as, look at that, the left-handed hitter just kind of bails out on that and, you know, just doesn't stay on it real well. So it's hard to pick up. It's very deceptive. It's also sometimes hard to control. So when Franklin De La Paz is in the strike zone, He's, he's typically speaking very good. So he went two scoreless yesterday for Great Lakes. He had three strikeouts. And De La Paz has given up one or less runs in five of the seven outings so far this year in 2023. He didn't pitch last year due to injury in 2022. So he is just getting back and just kind of building that pitch count back up, getting all the feels back and getting back to the way that he's always released the ball in the past. Franklin De La Paz. Juan Murillo is a young man that has a big fastball, and he is very good, very talented, a young man that pitches with a lot of energy. I never miss a chance to watch Murillo pitch. I'm very impressed with him. He has that breaking ball that falls off the table. He has a fastball. There's a good little changeup right there that had a little arm side run to it. So he has the changeup that has the fade to it. He has a breaking ball that falls off the table. That is very good as well. And he has a good fastball that he can hit right there, as you can see, 96 with. So Franklin De La Paz, excuse me, Juan Mario. We've already talked about De La Paz. Juan Mario, a young man that I never miss an opportunity to watch when he pitches. Damon Keith had another multi-hit day, which is his third multi-hit game in his last four that he's played in. He also has hits in nine of ten games, and he's been on base in 11 games in a row. Talked about it a couple times. It's been a slow start for Damon Keith. Look at that swing, though. That is just a beautiful swing. You tell me. Watch that swing and tell me what you think about Damon Keith, his offensive ability. And he's a big guy, great attitude, wonderful young man, typical Dodgers culture guy. And he's able to stay inside the ball like that with power. So Damon Keith, the young man out of Cal Baptist, I love his hit tool, and he's getting hot for the loons. Funnest part of the day yesterday for me was the Rancho Cucamonga game. It was a fun game. It was 5-3, and I love that Vesalia. They they have a, a neat facility, and the, the sound effects and the, just the, the game day production they put on is very good. And then the game was entertaining. Chris Newell, you're seeing on the screen right here, he is just a fantastic player out of Virginia. Man, he has that opposite field power. You saw it right there. Watch this. That's power right here. Dead left center. We, you know, he just centered to left center a little bit. He has so much power to the middle part of the field. And, you know, if you Dodgers, if you follow Dodgers daily much, you know I love hitters that use the middle of the field. And look at that power right down the left field line because that middle of the field is the biggest part of the field. And, you know, just from an odds perspective, that's where all your hits are at. So a guy like Chris Newell that can stay middle like that, I just love hitters because they're going to have the ability to both hit for average and power. And then when you have the speed that Chris Newell has, you know, he was an elite base dealer at Virginia. Kind of like that Johnny DeLuca type deal. He's going to be able to hit a lot of home runs. He's going to be able to steal a lot of bases. And he's going to be able to, able to impact games in many, many different ways. And he impacted last night the Quakes, as a matter of fact, won 5-3 to three, thanks in large part to the two home runs from Chris Newell last night. Offensively, Rain Don Cohn also hit his seventh home run of the year. We're going to see here in a minute. He is tied for third in the Cal League 
in home runs. And then Tyron Lorenzo, he had a big night last night. I'm going to give you a little teaser there. I'm not going to spoil any more of that because we're going to show some videos of him, and he was really, really good for a Fuerte had a hit as well. Peyton Martin had to start last night. He gave up two runs in three innings. The young man out of Clemens, North Carolina, who was picked in the 17th round, which is a joke because he is way better than that last year out of high school. Christian Romero threw really well last night. We're going to see video of Romero, Christian Romero, Lucas Webb, and Madison Jeffrey, all of them. So, hey, sit tight. We're going to cover the, the all the video, the excitement, and all the exciting action from last night's game at Rancho, not at Rancho Cucamonga, but the Rancho Cucamonga game. So you just saw a video of Chris Newell. As a matter of fact, his home runs last night, we saw were opposite field. He's hitting now. Chris Newell is 291 OPS, 1041, and he has a hit streak of nine games in a row and a six for his last 14. And last night was his second multi-hit home run game of his last three. Talking about Chris Newell. Moving now to Thyron Lorenzo. Boy, you talk about a big talent, both offensively and defensively. Put this guy on your radar. Watch this. Boom. That is quite a throw. That's Rain Don Cone receiving that throw. Kenneth Betancourt, you see, on your right there, playing second base. But Tyron Lorenzo, man, this young man has big talent. So put him on your radar. And look at that, that swing right there. Kind of that Juan Soto-type flat swing from the left side. I love the way he swings the bat. I love the way he throws down. Wonderful young man as well. So Tyron Lorenzo, big talent. And you get to see it right here. Look at that. You can't jam him. You can't go away because he stays inside the ball. Just very smooth. Kind of maybe a Robinson Cano type swing. You know, just very smooth. Never looks like he's trying real hard. Very frustrating. Here's his throw down to second base. Again, very good throw. Last night he had two hits. Was on base three times. And just absolutely, as you just saw, hosed a runner trying to steal. Lorenzo has hits in seven of his last eight. And has five multi-hit games just this month. So big, big talent, the Ron Lorenzo. Speaking of Rain Don Cone, he hit his seventh home run of the season. You talk about easy power, man. He, what was he, maybe 50% as far as that swing goes, and it just goes way out into the California night there in Visalia. That's why he already has seven home runs, and he's fourth in the Cal League in home runs, which is saying something because the Cal League is a very offensive league. Don Cone has what I call Easy power. He doesn't have to try very hard to hit the ball out of the yard, which would allow him to also be consistent as well. So, Rain Don Cone, again, hit his seventh home run of the season last night. Fourth best in the Cal League. So, to the pitching, here is Christian Romero. He turned into a good outing last night for Rancho Cucamonga. He went 3.1 innings. He gave up just one, and he had three strikeouts. Romero has gone scoreless in six of his last seven outings. So, Hey, he Whoa, did a good job last night at Vesela, shutting them off. down. Good little tight slider the right there. RBI and their the audio pitch. levels at Vesela. One, thing, one announcer is very loud, and the other Judy is Bob's quiet. So you're always having to turn it up and down. So I'll do that for you right there to make sure it's not bleeding out over the top of anything I'm saying right here. But Christian Romero getting a good look at him. Again, last night, 3.1. Gave up just one, three strikeouts. Has the good slider right there. Good little tight slider and a good fastball. Lucas Webb went 1.2 innings. This is a young man out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, who is already a little bit older. So I talked about last time we talked about him. Probably going to be on the fast track as long as he keeps 
having success, something he is doing. He was really turning a corner this month. As a matter of fact, his last four outings, okay, he has not given up a run. He has struck out 10 and walked just one. So Lucas Webb, I think, you know, going to be on the fast track. I'll be interested to see how long it takes. Like I said, as long as he keeps pitching well for him to get moved to Gray Lakes. Boy, it was great to see Madison Jeffrey last night in true form because I'll tell you what, he struggles throwing strikes from time to time, but when he is in the strike zone, look at the depth on that slider, the confidence, the fastball can reach 100-plus, and when he is on and throwing strikes, forget about it. It's going to be a bad night for the hitters, and we saw that last night. Look at that breaking ball. That is just absolutely insane. Madison Jeffrey is very, very, very talented. Got to master the strike zone, though. It does not matter how good your stuff is. If it's not in the strike zone, you know, it's not going to be effective. And Madison knows that as well as anybody else. And last night was terrific for him. Okay, as you can see right here, he picked up save number five. So well done, Madison Jeffrey. Keep up the work that you did last night. Let's make some duplicates of that. And let's keep putting performances like that back to back. And let's get after it. So there you have it. I told you it was a busy day again. You know, you always want that win at the top with Los Angeles. But, hey, like I said earlier, you didn't get the win, but I think you do have to be pleased with the grit. And, of course, like I said, it's a results-based league. I get that. But when you're when you're playing a 162-game season, sometimes, you you know, you do need to look at some of the, the orbiting factors like the grit, the toughness, the fight that the, the team showed last night. And then also, you know, the fact that you got – you, you know, the game ended on a call that, that was just simply put wrong, that as soon as you get a replay system in place, won't happen ever again because that pitch was not a strike to Mookie Betts. So although you did lose, I think there were some things to be happy about as a Dodgers fan in that game. And then Oklahoma City, it was frustrating because your two top, you know, as far as your, your five teams, the four affiliates and then and then L.A., the two top teams, the AAA level and the Major League level, both kind of got hosed there towards the end. You know, Wardo was safe at home plate, in my opinion, and then the pitch to bets. So that was frustrating. And so yesterday, a little bit of a frustrating day throughout the organization. But, hey, one of the great things about baseball is that you get to wake up the next day and you get to do it all again. So, hey, I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope you tune in to tomorrow's show as well. And just one last reminder before we get out of here. If you'd like to help Dodgers Daily by donating, we do now have a GoFundMe account. Scroll down into the description, okay, and click that link. It'll take you right to the Dodgers Daily GoFundMe. And then also, we have a Patreon page. Just search Patreon. Once you get to Patreon, look for Dodgers Daily and become a member. We have different tiers that you can become members at the Patreon page for Dodgers Daily. And also, and if you like this video, if you like this kind of content, go ahead and click that like button. Leave a comment. Tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily. Share this video. Video and become a member and after you're a member click that notification bell turn on your notifications that way every time dodgers daily release uh, release a new video you won't miss a thing dodgers daily can keep growing and we can keep doing what we love which is providing content like this in the future as always i want to thank you for tuning in and go dodgers